I'm Allie of Hocus Pocus Collector. And I'm Will of Spooky Will. And we are the Black Flame Society. We're here to share Halloween, Hocus Pocus, and other spooky news and updates with you. While having fun, meeting friends, and making every day feel like it's Halloween. Come on in and join the society. In this week's episode, we're talking deleted scenes, and plenty of them. We're going to be covering scenes on the 25th anniversary Blu-ray, scenes included in the original trailers, and also scenes in the original script. So get comfortable, and let's begin. Hey Will, how are you today? I'm good, how are you? I'm good. I missed you last week so much. I mean, I love filming with you, and I was like, the whole time I was away, I was like, where's Will? I know, it feels really weird, because it feels like it's been ages as well, even even though it's only been a week that we haven't recorded, but having like a week now with no podcast, it was just felt odd. So I'm glad you're back, I'm glad we're back. I know, the Black Flame Society is back, but guys, you were on our mind while we were away, we've been planning, Will has been doing a lot of stuff while I was away, I was just having some birthday fun, and Will was doing some hard work for you guys, so clap, clap, (laughs) clap, thank you Will for putting this together. (laughs) Oh, you're welcome. (laughs) so as will said this week we are going to dive into deleted scenes we've been talking about them we've kind of been teasing them but this week we are going head first we are going to cover them in detail Uh, we have a lot of places we've pulled them from we'll put together some great stuff for you guys so um we're gonna start with um the original from the original script there was descriptions of the sanderson sisters written so uh will do you want to go ahead and tell us how winifred was originally described Sure. So, in the script, and this script that we're reading from is dated from the 27th of October 1992. So, in the the description uh, from the script, it says, Winifred is the eldest and by far the most powerful. Once beautiful, her beauty has been corrupted by evil, but she is still obsessively vain and and she hates children for their youth and prettiness. In fact, she can't say the words child or children without slightly gagging on them. Mm -hmm. Winifred has a serious (laughs) anger problem. When she gets really furious, it produces electrical energy, which she then discharges on the objects of her wrath. She has immense skill with potions and spells, especially when she uses her beloved spellbook. Her sisters drive her absolutely nuts. (laughs) Very true, very true there. Mary is described the middle sister who loves children. They're her favorite dish. She knows a million recipes. Mary's sense of smell is incredibly keen. She can follow the scent of a child like a bloodhound. Mary is a sneak who misses no opportunity to suck up to her powerful sister, Winnie, or to pick on her little sister, Sarah. And what do they say about Sarah, Will? So Sarah, the youngest, is the strange one. Wild and wood nymphy (laughs) in appearance, she is a 17th century evil flower child who loves to play. Her sisters used her to lure their victims into their clutches. Sarah likes to torture things, small animals, children, bugs, you name it. Any suggestion of cruelty to somebody else sends her into a fit of idiotic laughter, while any fear for herself sends her into a screaming fit. She's a mess. (laughs) I love that last line. So I think this description... I do too. I love that she's a mess. And like, <laughs> I feel like those descriptions stayed pretty head on. I mean, there's some stuff definitely. I feel like there's some layers in there. Like Sarah, what did it say? Something about her abusing 
and small animals. Like, I don't think we really yeah. see that. I'm glad we didn't see that. And um, about Winnie, it's just, it seems a little more like her serious anger problem, but it all kind of links together. So they might have downplayed things. And maybe that's, as we talked about last time, where it went from more of a Spielberg production to a Disney production. Maybe there are just things like that they needed to cut out. Yeah, I definitely agree with you on the small animal part, because I think that would have been a bit a bit too much <laughs> for a Disney film. <laughs> Yeah, I'm, I'm. I'm not sad we missed that. <laughs> no. <laughs> I mean, she does eat a spider, though, doesn't she? So we do see her eating a spider, but I mean, that's yes. about the only in the film anyway. That's the only thing that we actually see. Y- you know what, though, she she does have a lucky rat tail. So maybe I don't oh, want to yeah. know how she got that rat tail. We'll leave. We'll, we'll leave that. <laughs> yeah. Um, And so then jumping into the big deleted scene that we've been talking about, the Candy Crows storyline. So in the opening scene, it kind of introduces that storyline right away where Thackeray finds a half-eaten Candy Crow under the pillow of Emily. And so they right away just kind of slip that in, which I just, I wish we could have seen it. I know it really bugs me because we know loads of these scenes have been filmed and they're obviously in the original novel that was released next to the film as well and it bugs me so much that we don't have this Candy Crows kind of storyline. I just want to see those deleted scenes. And we're going guys, we're just going to kind of throw tons of facts you this episode. So get ready. It's going to be fun. We're just going to kind of go down the list of the comparison of what Will has in his original script, which is so beautiful. If you want a full detailed thing, go check out his blog. It's all there. We're just going to give you the rundown of it today. So um, the next one is when Thackeray is climbing the water wheel to go into the Sanderson sister cottage to see Emily about to have the life sucked out of her. Um, he's actually dragged under the water wheel. <laughs> <laughs> poor Thackeray. poor guy no wonder why he's dripping wet because like you're like huh did he fall or something what's up there uh, yeah because when if you watch the scene where he when you kind of see him go through the top of the window he is soaking wet but the scene before that you see him climbing the wheel so it makes me wonder did they film him under the water in a brief scene that we just never saw or did they just douse him with a fire hose <laughs> Now, I did not know this one. Will shared this. And I when I read it, I was like, no. And it makes sense. In the original script, when the three Sanderson sisters are about to be hung, Winnie kicks the plank from under their feet after she casts the spell. And it's not the townspeople who are allowed to hang them. And what a power play. What a power play by Winnie. She's like, if you're going to kill me, nope. I've, I'm taking care of it for you. Yeah, I do love this scene. And I'm kind of, in a way, I'm kind of glad that they didn't put this in the film. Um but at the same time, it makes me wonder, what was Sarah and Mary thinking when their own sister kicked the blank and basically killed them both? <laughs> was Winnie thinking, like, maybe if I kick it the right way, I'll survive and they'll die? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'd love to have seen their conversation when they were in hell afterwards to see what Sarah and Mary had to say about Winnie killing them both. <laughs> Oh my goodness. I would have loved I I I don't think they filmed that one. I mean, they could have, but that would be interesting to see. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so the next one is when Allison is walking away on the common right after she says trick or treat to Max Dennison and gives him back her phone number like the savage she is. I love her. Um, <laughs> it's stated in the text that Max <laughs> Max sees that her cape resembles a witch's cape. And there have been theories for years that Allison was somehow related to the Sanderson sisters, maybe a great, 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 great granddaughter or something like that. So that line in there kind of makes me think, I wonder if they considered going down that path. 
Yeah, it definitely seems it, and especially with the scene in the film where she has the salt, and Winnie says, "What a clever little, uh, clever little white witch." It makes me wonder. Maybe they yes. were kind of cementing a foundation for her being a witch as well. Um, I kind of wish they'd included that actually in the film, just to add a little bit more to Alison's image. Especially since Max is so like anti-Halloween, anti-believing in witches, I feel like that would have been a fun little scene to be like, "Huh, I wonder." Yeah. But then we jump forward to the uh, Max and Danny trick-or-treating. According to the script, the, the first house that Max and, um, Max and Danny actually visit is the Devil's House. Now, whether that's the Devil mm. who we know, the Master, or whether it's another person dressed as the Devil, um, we're not entirely sure. It doesn't actually specify in the script. It just says the first house they go to is the Devil. So we'll, let, we'll assume that it's, it's, our, it's the Master, the guy who we love. But then... When we see, uh, obviously in an earlier scene just before that, the parents, Max's dad asks Max what he's wearing or what he's supposed to be. Now, in the original script, there's actually multiple scenes which we know have been filmed because there are a few images online um, of Max when people, when they knock on the door, people actually ask um, Max what he's supposed to be. And he gives them different explanations as to what his character is. So do you want to give out the explanations (laughs) as to who he says he is? (laughs) sure so i think i I feel like i can imagine this in my head max just going door to door and they're being like and what are you and (laughs) max says i'm a blind center fielder i'm christian slater (laughs) i'm jack nicholson's long lost zombie son i'm ray charles i'm her brother (laughs) so he just goes off on all these explanations where it's funny because he we have the three things that he says in the movie where he's well he doesn't say them but he's a rap singer he's the new kid on the block he's a little leaguer but here i mean we have this long developed idea where has he secretly put a ton of thought into this costume i don't know maybe he does love halloween (laughs) oh maybe he does actually i never thought of that i just thought it was just him giving kind of silly answers because he was just fed up of people asking him so between houses he's like i'm just gonna say i'm this i'm saying this and this and this i think you're right but i i'd like to think that max secretly loves halloween he won't anymore after the night he's about to have no (laughs) 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 Um, i love this next scene so we're going to jump ahead again and in the next scene it's when the sanderson sisters are in the master's house with medusa um so i thought for this little bit do you want to play the, you can either play the woman or Winifred and we'll do this back and forth and see, see if we can pull this off. <laughs> I would love to act this out with you, Will, yes. How okay. about you You can be Winifred. You can be Winifred. I'll be the woman. So uh, I I will start here. So imagine... I cannot... I, I cannot do the voice. So <laughs> expect Winifred to be a British guy. <laughs> so imagine the scene that. is... <laughs> The scene is when Winifred first enters the master's kitchen and um, she's looking around the kitchen and sees, picks up different things and stuff. The phone, in the original script, the phone actually rings um, and the woman who's actually on the line is Medusa's mother, who clearly, from what we're about to, <laughs> what we're about to narrate for you, um, she doesn't <laughs> like the master. So do you want to start off? <laughs> I'm ready to go. All right. Hello? Hello? Winifred hears the voice but isn't sure where it's coming from. Who is this? I know not. Who is it? It's your mother, stupid. Horrified, thinks her mother's been turned into a little plastic thing. Mother? 
is his inf- infernal majesty up to his old tricks? Yes. You should never have taken up with that bum. But thou taught me to worship him. I did what? I'm sick to death of you blaming every idiotic, self-destructive choice you've made on your life on me. Winifred, furious, tosses the phone into the boiling pot of water. Boil, mother, boil. <laughs> boil, mother, boil. <laughs> Winnie, settle down. Oh, what is... <laughs> so, I love that scene. I wish that would have been in. I mean, there are definitely some layers that I feel like don't need to be there. But as a diehard Hocus Pocus fan, I would have loved to see that interaction. Now I'm just imagining her throwing the phone in the pot. Boil, <laughs> boil. <laughs> I also feel like it's a lot darker as well. Because if she genuinely believes her mother has been turned into a phone, she's just killed her mother. So, it's a bit dark. <laughs> she's... She- she has now killed her sisters. She has killed her mother. She is just done. She's done. So basically, in the oh, original Winnie, script, we love you. We love you. <laughs> All at the hands of Winifred. So at the next scene, um, it cuts to uh, Mary watching the TV, the television, and she's obviously in the film. We see that she's watching the commercials. Which she, was it last episode? You pointed out what the commercial was, or did we discuss that? Because it's a real commercial, isn't it? In in outside of Hocus Pocus. Yeah, we discussed it. I don't think it made the episode, but we discussed how it was like a carpet cleaner commercial, which I had really never realized. I thought it was just kind of a baby running around being crazy, but it was for uh, a stain master carpet cleaner commercial. Yeah, whereas in the original script, Mary isn't watching any commercials. She's actually watching the blob. And um, she gets to <laughs> the end of the film and comments that the townspeople didn't have to kill it, which I thought was quite funny. I, I am glad they kept in the commercial because I feel like that's a lot more funny especially when she screams at the TV that's one of my favourite bits in the film um, but it's just interesting to see how I different know, that's it was one of your from favorite the original parts. script <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah but it, it does kind of show that Mary like if that was in it kind of shows Mary has compassion that we don't really like we know she's one of the as the three Sanderson sisters she probably is most compassionate depending on the day I guess but um, I feel like that really shows like oh we didn't have to kill it and now Sarah's out there killing small animals so Yeah. Well, going back to last week's episode as well, where we were discussing the history of the film, I actually discovered last week that the um, Sanderson sisters, their personalities were different as well. So Winifred was meant to be um, very forward. She was in charge. She was the leader. Sarah was meant to be the funny, almost kind of like jester of the trio. And Mary, um, her character was meant to be based on someone who was cautious and wary and, and concerned about their actions as well. So that actually fits perfectly in what into that scene where obviously she shows a bit of compassion towards technically the thing that was killing everybody in the film but she does show <laughs> compassion that's interesting and I, I don't think we've ever talked about this and i'm not sure where i pulled this from but i've read it somewhere <laughs> that um winifred so all three of the sanderson sisters had different fathers with mother so uh winifred's father was the town like the warlock of the town like the guy who was in charge mary's father was a bloodhound so that makes sense yeah. <laughs> and sarah's father was Sarah's father was the village idiot so that kind of just lines up with what you said about kind of like their personality traits and how it kind of all comes together but we'll leave that be we won't touch that any further (laughs) (laughs) I was just going to say I wonder if in the potentially in the sequel or even if if they do a third film I wonder if we'll ever find out more about their fathers in all of the films because they obviously mention the mother don't they they mention mother multiple times but they never mention the fathers so it makes me wonder if we'll ever find anything else about them 
I do wonder. That would be an interesting a mini series. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so this next fact I didn't know, and I love this. So when we're still in the master's house here, Winifred's walking around, and she sees a picture of Master and his little woman on vacation, and notices that he's not in his devil costume. She realizes it's the same person though, and it clicks at that point that this is not our real master. So I wonder how that would have played out versus how it ends up playing out when they realize later on. Yeah, I actually really like that scene as well because I feel like they maybe should have included that because I feel like from them getting kicked out to the ha- out of the house to the scene where she pulls the mask off the kid who hits Sarah. No, hits Mary. I said Sarah last week. Who hits Mary. Um, there's not much difference. in, Well, there's nothing really to explain how she figured it out apart from them getting kicked out of the house. So I feel like maybe if they'd included that, it would have been like, oh, that's how she figured it out that it's not. Like it's not hobgoblins and and demons and and so on running around. Oh, the one thing that bugs me, and I think we mentioned this outside of the episode, was if they've been to hell, how did they not know the master wasn't the devil? (laughs) (laughs) I love them to bits, but how did they not know? (laughs) She does say right to Billy or Max, I've been there once, it was lovely. And so, yeah, Yeah. she's been there. Seems like she knows the guy. I mean, didn't he gift her the spell book? Isn't that like part of the story from the devil himself? So like, you know, Gary Marshall ain't the devil. What's going on here? (laughs) (laughs) A plot hole. It's fine. It's okay to have plot holes. It's okay. Yeah, it's fine. It's fine. I love this, but I feel like this, so the next thing we're about to tell you really goes into the second deleted scene that we love so much, the supermarket scene, where, so they're, they've just left the master's house, they're outside, and Winifred sees the children getting candy from all of the houses trick-or-treating, and she says, we will give them candy too, which leads to the supermarket scene where they go get more stuff to make more candy crows. So Will, tell us a little bit about how the supermarket goes down. So I love this. I really hope one day we do see these scenes because I think from all of the deleted scenes that we've never seen, this is probably the one kind of section of the film that I would love to see. Um, so after they, uh, after Winifred realizes that all these kids are getting candy, they get the idea to make candy themselves. And going back to the Candy Crow storyline, so they approach a supermarket. Um, they're surprised by the doors opening, um, <laughs> and as they walk in, um, they see a lady pushing a child um, around in a shopping cart which gives them the idea that that's what they're supposed to do so Sarah climbs into a shopping cart and Mary pushes her around which <laughs> I think's brilliant I'm pretty I'm pretty sure there's a scene isn't there of Mary in the cart or there's at least a photo online I'm sure there's one of them I don't know if I've seen Mary in the cart but I'm just I've seen the picture of Sarah in the cart and I just love it so much because like that was their attempt to blend in putting a full-grown woman in the front of a shopping (laughs) cart that was the best they could do and it just kills me that they thought they were doing so well they're like we are normal now (laughs) Sarah's in the cart Mary's pushing around and Winnie goes off to find ingredients (laughs) Um, Mary sees there's um, baby food on the shelf so she says mmm canned babies and then grabs as many cans as she can Um, I think if I remember rightly in the script it actually says that she looks side to side for Winnie to make sure Winnie's not around and then she grabs the cans Um, and then we cut back to the lady who's pushing the baby around she reaches up to the shelf to pick up baby formula, turns round and Mary's running down the aisle with this shopping cart with the baby in it trying to steal the baby Um, The woman then shouts, and um, Mary declares that it was the wrong cart, and hands it back to the lady. 
We just described Mary as compassionate, and now I learn that she is trying to steal. Well, she's excited about canned babies, and then she tries to steal a physical baby. She tries to commit a felony in the grocery store. <laughs> Kidnapping. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so what we've learned oh, so far is uh, Winnie's a serial killer. Mary's a child kidnapper. <laughs> What's next? Oh, Sarah's an animal torturer. So overall, <laughs> this was pretty dark. I have to be honest. This is darker than I imagined it to be. <laughs> the ne- the next scene in the grocery store, though, Will. When I read this, I just I hope this is filmed. I this is the one I want to see. I don't know why I love it so much. So Winifred gets all the ingredients and she notices like a barbecue grill on sale. And so they go to the checkout and the clerk says, Will that be cash, check, or card? And right there we are timing ourselves back in ninety-three checks at the grocery store. But Winifred screams, Charge! And they run out of the store. So now, in addition to all of this, they have committed theft. <laughs> Oh, oh no. we should have created like a bingo card for this episode so everyone could have saved a bingo card and be like, right, tick these off when we mention it. Well, maybe we could do that actually before the episode. It'd be like, here's our little bingo card, tick it off when we reach this. <laughs> I like this idea. The lawyer in me is loving the fact that there are multiple criminal crimes in this draft. <laughs> I think I'm starting to see why the film was changed so much because it was definitely a lot darker. Um, I mean, I still want to see these scenes, but I feel like it wouldn't have got kind of been a kid-friendly film if all of these had been left in the original cut. This is definitely the Spielberg route. (laughs) So they take the barbecue outside, they throw the ingredients into it, it bubbles and it makes the candy crows. Um, later on, so then um, after they do that, they head to the pumpkin patch, um, and the kids head into the pumpkin patch. This is right after the cop scene where they go up to the fake cop, Eddie, who he pretends to be a cop, yells at them, um, and there's a large tent, and Danny is crying. Uh, Will, do you want to act this scene out with me? <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, I'll be do you want to be Danny? You be Max. Be okay. <laughs> so before right. we do this going back to the cop scene um i did actually include this but then i removed it because i felt like this episode would be really long because there was a few scenes i did remove um that were just kind of like small tiny little filler kind of bits but going back to the police officer there was actually a scene where when they speak to him he makes some kind of weird chant around him and he's all like boo 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 and he does this thing and then he's like that's cop magic you're safe from witches for 24 hours and then I think the kids obviously realise he's not a real cop. Oh, that's um, too good. I wish we'd have seen that. Oh, man. <laughs> it makes me wonder if that scene was filmed, because the police scene's tiny, isn't it, in the film? It's literally just one kind of small section. Um, so yes. going back to the pumpkin patch scene, the kids are uh, they're hiding in a giant tent that's in the middle of this pumpkin patch. So me and Ali will recreate this scene. So if everyone closes your eyes... <laughs> <laughs> I'll be Binks too, just for record. I'm not doing the accent, but here we go. All right. Okay. I want to go home. I want mom and dad. Max and Alison swap a look. They have a problem. Max crouches down next to Danny. Max, Danny? Leave me alone. Hey, truce, okay? She is silent. Danny, this is serious. I noticed, Max. We have to be brave now. It have to be tough. Like the night grandma got sick, remember? Danny nods. You were real tough that night. 
Everybody was real proud of you. Can you do it again? Maybe, but I had my doll that night. Binks slinks up alongside her. Binks says, tonight, you have me. Danny pets Binks. Binks says, oh, that feels good. Now, do the other ear. Yes, oh yes, now my tummy, yes. Danny then says, I've always wanted a kitty. (laughs) (laughs) So, there's this scene here. What? I'm really, we don't need to bring up grandma being sick. Why are we doing this? (laughs) This movie is sad enough. (laughs) So, we can now add childhood trauma to the list of things that's also brought into the film. I mean, they're going through trauma as it is, but... (laughs) Childhood trauma, the death of a grandmother, my god. I'm assuming a death, I won't. (laughs) So, like, I feel I'm... And then they just try to, like, have Binks go in there and save the day, as he always does. So right after they they look outside the tent after that scene, and Max and Allison notice two girls from school, Cindy and Donna, which, named characters, I'm always surprised, because a lot of the characters in the film we see don't even have names sometimes. (laughs) So the the girls hardly notice them, but when they do, Donna tells Allison uh, to try the candy they're eating. And they look at it, and again, they see it's the candy crows. So circling back to the candy crows that the witches have just made trying to prepare to suck the lives out of all the children of Salem before sunrise I love the next scene as well because obviously they've now made the crows they're handing them out and then it cuts to the Sanderson (laughs) sisters which there is this scene isn't there in the trailer where we do see them handing out candy to a group of kids which is the candy crows so Mm -hmm. we're now at that point where they're giving out all these these candy crows and I feel like this next bit I'm laughing it's not even funny it's really dark um the next bit is really dark. <laughs> and it's... I don't even do wanna, think we need to, to read this one the out? whole beginning. <laughs> so, no, we, no, we're not going to act this one out. <laughs> we are going to skip right to the line. But all you need to know is that they are surrounded by children, the three Sanderson sisters. And basically, they're, give me treats, give me treats. And what does Winifred, after, I'll be the kid, we will act one part out. Kid goes to Winifred, you're ugly. And Winifred says, what? And you should have been drowned above. <laughs> oh, and then she shoves a piece of candy into the kid's mouth. Done. Scene. Alright, so now we have drowning on the bingo checklist. Check. What? You should have been drowned at birth? I can't handle it. I read it and I was like, whoa, David and Mick, settle down, you two. I think out of all the scenes, that's probably the darkest in terms of the interaction with the children. Is the fact she tells a kid he should have been drowned above. That's a bit. It's a bit a little bit too dark. I I, I can I see Bette Midler as Winifred saying it though. It does make total sense. But you, you should yeah. have been drowned at birth. That's a threat. That's that's a direct threat. <laughs> I kind of hope that scene is just oh, still exists as well, so we do get to see that scene one day because. It would be interesting just to see it, because it's obviously such a dark scene. So then uh, we hop over to Town Hall for the I Put a Spell on You scene, the miraculous, as we talked about, Kenny Ortega added that in, and we just love it. Um, But as you notice, there are tons of dressed up characters there. Um, But in the scene that was cut, or in the original script that was never filmed, but Mary runs into a woman dressed as Glinda from The Wizard of Oz, and the woman asks Mary if she's a good witch or a bad witch, and Mary burps in her face and the woman falls on the ground (laughs) dramatic (laughs) 
I love that after the I put a spell on you scene, the adults are seen making strange um, dance moves and convulsions as the spell takes place. I'm kind of glad they didn't film that. I don't want to see it. Oh, I don't want to yeah. see that. But Will, please tell us about Billy. I know Billy is one of your favorites and I just, I love this scene so much. I've heard Doug Jones talk about it and I, I just love it. So tell us what was Billy doing? I love this. So um, what happens is after the witches have done their ma- uh, the spell, the kids have left the um, town hall. <clears throat> Billy tries to leave and he gets caught up in a conga line. So he enjoys himself and starts dancing along and he joins the conga line. Um, what I've actually done here is the this is one scene and then the next line is actually from a scene that's a little bit later, but I put them together because the scene in between these two scenes is the school scene. So then after the school scene, which we will get back to in a second, it cuts back to Billy, who basically decides to leave the town hall and he waves goodbye to everybody who he's just been dancing with after having such a good time and no one notices him. And I didn't put it in this because I thought it was too sad, but in the actual script, it says something like, he leaves a lonely man once again. And I was like, that's really sad. Oh, my poor Billy. Oh, lonely guy. He was just hanging out, having the conga line time of his life. Oh. Uh, I thought that was really sad, but at least he had a good time at the town hall. (laughs) You know, he had a good time, and we all know it ends up being okay for him, as best as it can, I guess. So the school, the last big, big deleted scene. So we've co- we're we're covering the Candy Crows live for you as it goes down throughout the script. We covered um, the oh my the grocery store. Here I go. Yes, we covered the grocery store, and now we're covering the swimming pool school deleted scenes. So um, the Sanders sisters are in the boys' locker room, and Mary <laughs> says, "Will, let's act this one out. I'll be Mary. You be Sarah." <laughs> Mary says. I smell boys, sweaty boys. And Sarah says, Isn't it nice? <laughs> what a Sarah thing to say. What a, what a, oh, no. I, just, I can see it. It's too perfect. I, I feel like, again, Disney, I'm not sure, but I can see it. <laughs> yeah. I love this next bit as well. So, because they're obviously in the locker room and they can smell all the, the sweat from the boys that have been in the locker room they open one of the lockers um, and because there's obviously hooks inside lockers to hang your jackets and so on Mary notices the hooks and she says tis for the little ones they hang them off these hooks then close the door she points to the vents these holes retard spoilage and then I go, I go back to our conversation about Mary being the compassionate one. She's also imagining the baby she almost <laughs> stole at the grocery store hanging from a hook inside of a locker. So I don't know. I'm unsure about her at this point. <laughs> I will be honest, though, that that tiny scene has ruined lockers for me because every time I see a locker now, I'm just going to think it's like a kid's, a kid's like torture box with those hanging kids inside. So She's lockers have been ruined. <laughs> And so then, so they're at the school, they then walk into the swimming pool from the locker room and Winifred says, she's a drowning pool. And circling back to the commentary we just had a moment ago about how that kid should have been drowned at birth. uh, She's really on a roll here. So if you have drowning on your bingo card twice, mark it off. (laughs) (laughs) And Mary then points to the diving board and all gets all piratey on us. They make them walk the plank. I love this scene. And then... Winifred tastes the water and declares it has been poisoned. Mary and Sarah push Winnie into the pool and laugh. Winnie, looking unimpressed, (laughs) 
um, looking unimpressed at them, and they both shout, she did it, while pointing at each other. I think that plays really well with um, how at the end, Jay and Ice, when they're in the cages, and they're like, who should we eat first? And Jay and Ice pointing at each other, and they're like, him! And that's I think that would have oh, played yeah. off very well to this, where they're like, she did it! So everyone's just trying to blame each other here. <laughs> but uh, as you were saying, Winifred suggested a calming circle, and where, where does that go? <laughs> So Winifred suggests a calming circle, which then cuts to a scene outside the school and rapid jolts of electricity are momentarily illuminate the inside. We then cut back to the pool and Mary and Sarah are smouldering and Winnie is bone dry. Again, using her powers for herself. Circling, we we did miss something about the town hall scene that I would like to cover quick. So the skeleton singer right before is about is about to collapse, and mom, mom Donna and Dad Killer are sweating, and they say the heart attacks will begin soon. <laughs> All right, again another serious, <laughs> a serious thing that I don't think we really needed in there. So I'm not I'm not too sad that got cut. <laughs> yeah, I think I'm glad that one's gone as well. That one's, I think that's probably on the same level as the kid drowning. It's quite dark. <laughs> So we go to the cemetery where um, Billy is chasing the kids. Uh, this is pre-mouth being cut open. Um, and so he's chasing the kids. He takes Mac. He takes the knife. Um, and Billy takes it and cuts his mouth open. And he was originally so- supposed to say something in the lines of, I'm not chasing you. I hate those beep two let me help you so i've heard doug tell this story before where they originally wanted him to look at bat midler straight in the face and call her the b word and doug jones was like <laughs> no i am not do you it's bet freaking midler i'm not doing that so he went to like production and was like guys I, I don't know about this i really don't feel comfortable with this reminder this is a disney movie so that did change but can you imagine i doug has told this story to me himself can you imagine him the the shock in his face having to look at <laughs> bet midler and call her that no way nope i kind of wish they had kept it in though i can understand why but <laughs> Once again, it's like another scene that a bit dark for a Disney film, but I do still kind of wish it was kept yes. in there. <laughs> I can I can imagine it, but I, I can understand why it's not there. <laughs> and so then we're still in the cemetery, and Winifred spots Danny on the ground, and she whispers to Mary. She gets an idea, and um, she fills the vacuum with electricity from her fingers as she does when she lifts Max up and so supercharged the vacuum roars like a motorcycle and sucking in with its power and uh, Danny gets caught in the suction for a bit there as the leaves and twigs are pulled into the vacuum so Danny almost gets sucked up into a vacuum cleaner that is powered as a motorcycle. (laughs) That's one scene I am glad they did remove because I feel like I know they're witches but I just think that's quite a stretch because surely a vacuum with that much charge would have exploded or would have just stopped working. And I know it's magical, but I just, I don't know, for me, I just think that scene's a bit, it's a bit too far. I agree. <laughs> that's where we, that's where we draw the line, a supercharged <laughs> vacuum. <laughs> then to the final scene, which I just love so much. And so the final scene in the script plays out exactly like I said I wanted it to. So Will, tell us about it. As soon as I started typing up this bit, I was like, "This Ali's going to love this. So in the yes, final scenes, there's a couple of differences. So in the original script, when Emily reunites with Thackeray, he doesn't actually say anything. She just says, what took thee so long? And they walk away holding hands. Um, we then cut to the children, or the zombie children, mm-hmm. who are all outside the Sanderson sisters' house. Um, they're waking up from the spell, they start to cry and they call for the parents, which I actually really like the, how they this was in the script, because I was always curious as to what happened to all the children afterwards. 
Um, so then, mm-hmm. these last little moments, which I know you, you absolutely love. Um, so Danny is crying over Binks when a black cat appears. It's Binks, but not Binks, as he can no longer talk. And then Danny says to him, I guess he still has one life left. And then these Aww. last little bits, which I know you've actually discussed this and you wish it kind of happened. So Max and Alison are in each of his arms. They pull away from him from an incredible, enchanting kiss. Alison, so did I make a believer out of you? Max, yeah, you did. And then Alison says, me too. And then do you want to do the final scene? Oh, my, hold on. Let's just go back to that for a second. <laughs> Why did they cut that? Did they film that? Did Omri and Al- Vanessa kiss? Like, it would it would have just been so perfect. And like, the, did you make the believer out of me? Like, oh, because earlier in the film, you make a believer out of me. Okay. It's just, oh, oh. I'm frustrated with that. I love that so much. <laughs> to know it existed in someone else's mind, that was perfect. And so the final scene of the film was supposed to be Banks meowing into the camera. And while that's happening in the background, you hear screams from Jay and Ice still <laughs> stuck in the Sanderson sister house. Oh my goodness. How crazy would that have been? I mean, it doesn't give you that idea of the second film, like how the book I opens. I wonder if that still would have been there, but oh gosh, I love that. Yeah, I do quite. I like, the, I like the idea of Binks still being alive as well, even though it's not Binks, but the cat yes. Binks. I kind of wish they'd kept that the same. Um, but I overall, I am happy with lived. the ending. Yeah. I think the cat I deserved no, to I, live. I love the ending. I agree. <laughs> he had a tough night too. Uh, I agree. I love the way that it ends. The ending obviously is my favorite part, but I feel like those, those are the two changes I wish they would have made to know they originally existed does make me very happy though. Yeah, I mean... And plus the ending's perfect as well when he's when he um, yes. when Fakery kisses Danny and he's like I'll always be with you. I feel like that was that's better Aww. than what we got. It's perfect. I shall always be with you. My favorite. <laughs> so that's the original <laughs> stuff that was cut from the script. Um, but and the deleted scenes from the 25th anniversary Blu-ray edition, they do throw those little tiny deleted scenes in the corner. So if you haven't seen it, would definitely recommend you checking it out. It's the Tricks and Treats Trivia Edition, which is as I said on the 25th anniversary Blu-ray. Um, tons of fun stuff, and definitely watch through the credits. There's a Doug Jones scene in the credit that I just I love watching it. It's my favorite. He's dressed as Billy talking as billy just kind of going off on a rant so would definitely would definitely recommend that but um one of my favorites is um max is complaining to dad killer about having to take danny trick-or-treating and he just threatens he's like i'm gonna take away your driver's permit as though that's like the worst (laughs) thing he could have said to max (laughs) and then there's also um scenes where the parents are discussing how the kids they've basically moved to paradise and the only thing they have to be scared of is witches which I think is quite a nice little scene that I kind of also wish they had included in the film. Um, and then the next scene, which is on the Blu-ray, which is actually probably my f- second favourite one on the Blu-ray, is the scene where um, Mary asks the townsperson to sh- check if she saw the co- if she's left the cauldron on, and the woman yes. shouts, "Evil woman, have thou no heart?" Which mm-hmm. I really like this scene because obviously it goes into what we do see in the film, where Mary says, "See, I told, I knew it. I told you I left this cauldron on." Um, but I also feel sorry for the woman because that woman had one line and she got it cut. <laughs> it's Hollywood, baby. That's how it works. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then I think the rest of the scenes on the Blu-ray, there's an extended scene of Billy underground. And then do you want to do, do the Sarah scene, which is my first, like my yes. number one favorite deleted scene? 
<laughs> so they've just gotten on the bus. We have Don Yeso, our bus driver, and when he asks for a token, um, Winnie and Mary push Sarah right to the bus driver, and uh, perhaps you would care for a small token of my affection, she says. <laughs> Sarah, my girl out there, you know, trying to get free bus fare. <laughs> Good for her. <laughs> I feel like that scene is like the bus driver scene is enough. I feel like I'm kind of glad. I'm glad we've seen it on the Blu-ray, but I'm glad it didn't make the original. I feel like we really didn't need that. <laughs> yeah, I agree. And then um, in the original trailer, there are just a few things that don't make it into the actual movie. So in my head, those were obviously they were filmed. They must have made it to some editing table, even into the trailer. And then at some point they didn't make it into the official movie. So I wonder if that was like one of those screenings that they do and they get a vibe for the film or what decisions were made, why they cut these. But Will, tell us a little bit about them. So some of the scenes we've already discussed that were in the script, so in the trailers, so if you do go on YouTube, you can find some of these trailers and TV spots on YouTube. Mm-hmm. We will try and share some links as well in our uh, on our Instagram, so if you can't find them, we'll, we'll share them for you. So there's the scenes where the Sanderson sisters are giving the kids the candy crows, and Winnie calls... Um, oh, then there's another scene where they're walking down the street, and Winnie calls the children greedy little beggars. Um, there's a scene in the supermarket where Mary's drinking baby oil, which I think is brilliant, the fact that she thinks <laughs> baby oil is made from babies. <laughs> and then there's another scene where we see Winifred grabbing Mary by the ear in the supermarket and saying no time for snacking. And then I do you want to share the last, the other ones we've managed to find? Yes, yes. So uh, Billy cuts his mouth, uh, after he cuts his mouth open, Winnie exclaims, God, what stench when she, when he breathes on her. And then um, the last one is Mary saying, good night, sleep tight, no screaming <laughs> into the locker as Winifred <laughs> looks unamused. So Mary is in her head pretending there is a baby on a hook in that locker, closes the door and remember, no screaming, little baby. Jeez, Mary. So my compassion. All right. So when I started this episode, my respect for Mary very high. My respect for Mary is still high. I love her to death. But I really thought she was compassionate. I did, and I even talked myself into it. Listen back a bit. We're here. I'm my hands up high, and then it just kept kind of going down, 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 down. And I mean, oh, maybe she's not as compassionate as we once thought. Will. <laughs> I love how, as we've done this episode, we've gone from basically starting off with the Sanders sisters we know <clears throat> to now murderers, child abusers, <laughs> like, and it's, it's it's got darker and darker the more this episode's gone on. <laughs> this is the dark episode of the Black Flame Society. We hope you've enjoyed it. <laughs> um, but yeah, so that's, there was just, there was a lot behind it that I didn't even know all of this until Will got that lovely script that he has that just had a lot of this information to kind of fill in some gaps that we see in the film in addition to just giving background that like I agree some of it I don't think we need I'm kind of glad most of it got cut but knowing circling back to the end scene knowing that that exists just makes me so happy yeah I'm me I mean if anybody wanted to see any more or read sorry any more of the script it is on my blog um, which is speakerwill.com I've broken down the entire script Um, there's a lot more scenes that we didn't include because they're just tiny little scenes where it's kind of like one line or a line's just been changed or there's different words in like one sentence and so on but there is a lot more if you wanted to check them out um but i am glad like you just said i'm glad that there there's alternative takes i remember when i first got the script um it was like watching the film again because there was so much in it that 
didn't make it to the film and there's so much in terms of the deleted scenes as well which we had seen tiny clips of but we didn't know what they were so yeah it's, it's just nice that these kind of like early drafts and stuff are still out there and we can learn more about our favorite witches love that and so we are going to hop over just to this. I know this was a longer episode for you guys. It, there was a lot of information to soak up. I hope this is one that you guys kind of go back to listen again. And you're like, wow, I didn't catch that the first time. And I hope that when you watch the film now, you kind of maybe put a little of these ideas in your head as you watch it. You watch from the view of Mary hanging babies in lockers. And you're like, wow, that's dark. <laughs> so we hope it doesn't change your view of the film, but we hope it adds a little for you. But so Hocus Pocus 2, we're, this is going to be short this week, but there really aren't any huge updates. We are still waiting on that release date, but um, did notice something on the Wikipedia page this morning. Um, it's listed as the initial release of October 14th, 2022. I checked with Will. Will says he didn't do it. I know I didn't do it. Um, <laughs> That was my official release date guess, but I swear it wasn't me. I did check with a few other people, wasn't them, so I don't know. Um, so I don't I don't know. Maybe someone just got excited and edited. Anyone can edit a Wikipedia page. We are not following this like gold. But I don't know, maybe maybe it's true. I hope it's true, because we we did discuss it, didn't we, where we said it was middle of October and I know a lot of people still think it's coming out on Halloween day and it's obviously not going to come out on the 31st <laughs> of October so the 14th of October does sound like a good time so I mean it is just we're not confirming this it is just a rumor but that was my official release date guess so we're gonna see what happens um, and then some general Halloween news again keeping it short for you this week uh, Spirit Halloween released some new animatronics but what I especially love is the Beetlejuice sandworm groundbreaker if you haven't seen it we'll share some photos but definitely go check it out it looks awesome Awesome. Have you seen it, Will? Yeah, yeah, I've seen the pictures. Because even though I can't access the Spirit uh, Spirit Halloween website, I am signed up to their mailing list. I don't know how I managed to do that because I can't get on the website. Um, but yeah, I've, I, I got an email and I was like, oh, I wish that was here because it's such a cool such a cool piece for the garden at Halloween or just in general. And if that's a preview of anything, we're going to get Hocus Pocus from Spirit this year. I am very excited. I'm very, very yeah. excited. Because they did release the Billy, I think you have him, don't you? The ground, the Billy Groundbreaker. Yes, I. so I got the Billy Groundbreaker and then they had the matching tombstone. But for some reason, I could not find it. I hunted for that thing. I drove to every spirit in the state of Connecticut. I think we had 16. And at my last stop, I found him. And it happened to be the day after Halloween. So he was 50% off. So great, great hunt. But I wasted a crap ton of gas money. <laughs> But we have him. He's complete now. I'll have to share a photo. I wonder if they'll ever re-release him because they, I think they only released him one year, didn't they? And then they, they haven't yes, released him I again. I did hear, I did see someone share on social media that I think that he might be back this year. So definitely keep an eye oh, open cool. for that. Not confirming, but I did see that. Um, and then related to that, um, in new stuff or returning stuff home depot just in time for halfway to halloween did re-release their 12 foot skeleton this year i want one i don't have room for it i want one really bad though <laughs> i'd love one of those we don't have home depot here um we do have some similar stores and i remember last year there's a store in the uk called b and q which were announced they never do halloween but they announced they were doing halloween last year so in my heart i was like mm -hmm. oh they, the skeletons coming to the uk and then it wasn't it was just loads of inflatable <laughs> decorations i was so disappointed <laughs> 
Yeah, they have the 12-foot skeleton, and then they, like, upped him, and then his eyes moved, and then they have the pumpkin head one now. And every year, I'm like, when are they going to release the one that's actually going to, like, convince me to buy it? Release a 12-foot Billy Butcherson. I will be in your parking lot from now on until the day comes. <laughs> can you imagine a 12-foot Billy Butcherson? <laughs> yes, I can. Well, yes, I can. <laughs> Open the bedroom window in the morning. It's just there staring through the window. You're like, morning. <laughs> he says, he has like a sound box with him. Wench, trollop. <laughs> oh, I kind of want one of those now. I would love that. <laughs> See, just ideas. There is a family on Instagram who has two of them and they decorate them. I cannot remember off the top of my head. We'll have to tag them somewhere, but they decorate. They have two and they, they're in their home and they decorate them for every holiday. So they decorate it for Easter, 4th of July. They It's always decorated. So I love that idea. But we need to get a 12-foot Billy Butcherson spirit, Home Depot, whoever's Disney, whoever wants to produce this, I will support you. I will be there. I will buy one. <laughs> uh, so this one was so, this was such a fun episode, Will. Thank you so much for putting this all together. You, I know you did a ton of research. So we really hope you guys loved this fun kind of alternative Hocus Pocus universe that we just put out there for you. Yeah, it's been, it, it, even though I've obviously looked into this multiple times now, I still find things every time I read through the script that I either forget about or didn't pick up on the first time. Um, so this was really fun to put together. Um, so yeah, I hope everyone else enjoyed it too. And I hope a lot of you have also learned some new things about our favorite film. Yes, and please share with us either what you're really glad didn't make the film, what you're really sad didn't make the film, or just anything you think went a little above and beyond here in terms of uh, going overboard. So <laughs> definitely let us know what you think. Just before we finish, sorry, shall, should we do a question? So Instagram user Presley underscore loves underscore ST. Um, she actually wanted to know what we would think of a Hocus Pocus slash Halloween Town crossover movie. Oh, I What's like your that. thoughts? So, I, I do. Obviously, I prefer Hocus Pocus to Halloween Town, but I do love Halloween Town. I have a great appreciation for it. Um, I've met Kimberly J. Brown a few times, who's just a doll. She's a gem. Um, I think that would be really fun. And I mean, in some capacity, it's kind of already a crossover because if you do look in the background of Halloween Town you do see some original Hocus Pocus costumes in the crowd but for in terms of like a whole crossover I think it'd be really cool to see Marnie probably join Max and Allison and take on the Sanderson sisters what do you think Will? Yeah I've well I've only ever seen Halloween Town once and the first time I ever saw it was about two years ago when I got Disney Plus (laughs) because Halloween Town I don't know if it ever was but I could never find Halloween Town over here it was never on um DVD, Blu-ray, VHS, it was never on streaming until we got Disney Plus, so I ended up watching it. But yeah, I actually wouldn't mind seeing a kind of crossover film. I think it'd be a lot of fun. Even if it was just a like a Disney Channel original kind of film. Yeah. More Sanderson Sisters and Halloween Town is good. Halloween Town and <laughs> Sanderson Sisters, so I could imagine them kind of going to visit Halloween Town, like the Sanderson sisters somehow arriving there and just being like, oh, what is this? And kind of, I could imagine now with all these deleted scenes in my head, kind of them maybe trying to destroy the big pumpkin in the middle of town or something like that. So (laughs) they'd bring some havoc, but I would definitely be interested in seeing it. Yeah, yeah, and me. You never know. (laughs) You never know what could happen. We're getting Hocus Pocus 2 30 years later. Anything is possible. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for hanging out, Will. As always, it was a pleasure. And we'll talk to you soon. Bye, Will. Yeah, and you. Speak to you soon. Bye. Bye, everybody.
Thank you so much for joining us for this episode of the Black Flame Society. To never miss an episode, follow along on Instagram at the Black Flame Society podcast, like and subscribe on your favorite streaming service, and join our mailing list to be the first to know what's coming next. Thank you for being part of the society. Until next time. The Black Flame Society podcast is not affiliated with Disney or any other related conglomerates yet. Feel free to change that. Give us a call.